I am thrilled about this morning. We started this last year, NCO Sunday. We said we need a whole Sunday every year just to let the church know all of the good stuff that is happening with new community outreach. And today is that Sunday. You can see on the front of your bulletin that we're in a series right now called Community of Caretakers. And this is a series that um, is meant to get the church praying and reflecting about moving into a permanent facility that we own. Now, that facility could be the former St. Ambrose Church. That's what we have been moving toward. We're still holding that with open hands. No new updates for you this morning. Keep praying, keep praying. Show up on Wednesday evening at, um, at West Point for prayer and discernment and any updates that we have at that point. But regardless of where God leads, we understand that it will be a shift from being a church that for 13 years has rented and had a facility one day a week for a few hours to now caring for a facility 24-7. That's a big shift. And so we have wanted to be intentional about praying and reflecting and preparing for that. So if you've missed any of the previous sermons, go back and look at them. We've got two sermons coming up, one about the role of faith in living as caretakers and, a, and another focused on how our community is meant to benefit as we live as God's caretakers. So I want to begin this morning with uh, a very short reflection from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. And as is our practice, if you're able, I'd invite you to stand as I read this passage from the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. But now says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight. And honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring, or in other translations, your children from the east. And from the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This is the word of God. And you can be seated. One of the things that we find in scripture is that when the children are doing well, it's an indication that God's people are living in harmony with God. When the most vulnerable among the people, which is very often young people and children are doing well, are flourishing, are thriving. It's a sign that God's people are living in harmony with God. And when the children are not doing well, when the children are exposed to violence, when, when, when they are vulnerable to, to outside forces that would claim their lives, it's a sign that God's people are not living in harmony with God. This is a theme that we see throughout, particularly the Hebrew scriptures, the the Old Testament. And, And that's what I want us to keep in mind this morning as we hear these updates from New Community Outreach. 
we want to we want to we want to wonder how are our children doing in our community in our neighborhoods part of being the people of god is living in such a way that our neighbors experience the love of god and particularly our most vulnerable neighbors and god over and over again shows his heart for our children and our youth as sometimes the most vulnerable of our Neighbor. So, so listen this morning with those kinds of ears. Last week, if you were here, you heard Pastor Michelle preach and make some connections with our history as a church and how we first began to discern God's call to love and to serve youth. It was on September 9th of 2009, 9 I just figured that out this week, that our church plant, before we ever had a worship service, gathered at Catholic Theological Union for a time of prayer and discernment. There was maybe 20 people in the room or so, Sonia. We sat around tables, we talked, we prayed, we listened, and then we shared what were we hearing about God's call for this new church. And as you heard Pastor Michelle say last week, as you've heard Sonia say before, Every single table spoke to the sense that God was calling new community to serve and to love young people and children in our community. We didn't know what that looked like. We had no youth or teenagers among that group who were starting the church at that time. But we heard that and we lived into that. In 2012, about a month before we moved into this space... We began participating in prayer around the schools at the invitation of another church here in Bronzeville. And we started praying monthly at NKO, Ariel, and Jackie Robinson Elementary School. That time of prayer led to a relationship with the principal at Jackie Robinson Elementary, who in 2013 said, New Community, would you please take over this garden that has fallen into disrepair, that we don't have the people power to care for. And so we said yes, and we rebuilt the garden beds, we filled them with good soil, and we planted them with produce, and we've been doing that ever since, growing uh, those, those garden beds, tending to that little corner, and doing our best to bless our neighbors with the produce. Two years later, in 2015, That same principle said, we've been trying to do this back to school fair, and we just don't have the capacity to do it well. New Community Covenant Church, would you take this over to help our neighborhood know that we're here, that we're a good, viable option for our neighbors and our families? And so since 2015, we have been stewarding that back to school fair. It wasn't our idea. It wasn't our thought. We were handed that to, to, to put together for the school, for the good of our community. In 2016, I began volunteering with Bright Star Community Outreach, a nonprofit associated with a church here in the neighborhood, and they were doing new work around trauma prevention and intervention. And so I got to be a part of that for a few years as we did a lot of research and on the groundwork to understand the community dynamics. And we started to hear some common themes from our high school students in neighborhood high schools and our residents, which was that restorative justice programming would be one of the the desired uh, uh, elements that could come alongside those who experience trauma in our community, especially young people. In 2017, I started fundraising. We started fundraising to be able to bring on Marquita Sconiers, Dr. Marquita Sconiers, who some of you remember as one of our worship leaders, to lead our, our Uh, She was our director of cause ministries, and she began to mobilize and organize our church so that we could start living into these areas of of, of blessing 
and working alongside of our young people more intentionally. And then later that year, in October of 2017, we incorporated new community outreach for the first time as this church's nonprofit. I share that history with you because I want you to understand what God has been doing in this church literally since before we worship together in in a form like this. This call to love and serve our young people, to be caretakers for and with them, and the way that God has led us to organize ourselves to do that in a very intentional way. So that leads us to new community outreach. And I'm about to uh, ask Sonia to come up and, and take it from here. But here's how I want you to think about NCO, New Community Outreach, with that history in mind. First, we are a faith-rooted organization. That history that you just heard, I hope, makes it very plain that the only reason NCO exists is because people of faith were moved by the Holy Spirit and their commitment to Jesus to love our neighbors in this particular way. Somebody say amen. So New Community Outreach is a faith-rooted organization. We are a church-affiliated organization. Literally, legally, NCO and the church are affiliated together. They can't be unraveled. That's how it's been organized. We technically, if you're into this kind of thing, NCO is an affiliated corporation of the church. So two distinct organizations for strategic purposes, for fundraising purposes, but also totally intertwined. So we are a faith-rooted, we are a church-affiliated, and we are a, a, a Bronzeville, what's the word? No, well, what's the word? Based. We are a Bronzeville-based organization. You couldn't take NCO out of Bronzeville and have it make sense because it exists in response to and in collaboration with our neighbors, our young people, our schools, other churches, other nonprofit organizations. Okay, so keep that in the back of your mind. Faith-rooted, church-affiliated, Bronzeville-based. That's who we are. And today you're going to get to hear very specific things about what we, New Community Covenant Church and New Community Outreach, get to do together. I'm really happy to be here and really excited to just be able to lean into this space together. Um, So we're just going to have a really fun time. Not that we don't every other Sunday, but hopefully this is going to feel, it's going to feel a little different, maybe awkward for some, but hopefully you will also really enjoy kind of getting to learn more about NCO, hearing more about the work we do. Um, So in the spirit of who we are as a restorative practice organization, I'm going to open us up in the same way we would do our healing and our peace circle. So circle is one of the most direct ways that we practice restorative work within um, the work that we do. And part of circle is we start with our mantra, which you just heard some of our young people doing, and then we have an opener. And so this morning... um, I'm going to lean into something that Pastor David said, which is thinking about how our children are doing. And I want to open us up with a reading um, titled, And How Are the Children? So if you've been with NCO in any capacity, you've probably heard this before. um, And I am not shy to repeat this over and over because I think it's a really significant passage. So just kind of um, open your minds and hearts as I share this opener with us. This is an excerpt of a sermon by Reverend Dr. Patrick T. O'Neill. Among the most accomplished and fabled tribes of Africa, no tribe was considered to have warriors more fearsome or more intelligent than the mighty Maasai. 
It is perhaps surprising then to learn that the traditional greeting between the Maasai warriors, Kasirin and Gera, means, and how are the children? It is still the traditional greeting among the Maasai, acknowledging the high value that the Maasai always place on their children's well-being. Even warriors with no children of their own would always give the traditional response, all the children are well, meaning, of course, that peace and safety prevail, that priorities of protecting the young and powerless are in place, that Maasai society has not forgotten its reason for being, its proper functions and responsibilities. All the children are well means that life is good. It means that the daily struggles of existence, even among a poor people, do not preclude proper caring for its young people. I wonder then, how it might affect our consciousness of our own children's welfare if in our culture we took to greeting each other with the same daily question, and how are the children? I wonder if we heard that question and passed it along to each other a dozen times a day, if it would begin to make a difference in the reality of how children are thought of or cared for in this country. I wonder if every adult among us, parents, and non-parent alike felt an equal weight of the daily care and protection of all the children in our city, in our state, in our country. I wonder if we could truly say, without any hesitation, the children are well. Yes, the children, all the children are well. What would it be like if the president began every press conference or every public appearance by answering the question, And how are the children, Mr. President? If every mayor, every alderman, every governor of every area in our city had to answer that same question at every press conference, and how are the children, mayor? And how are are the children, alderman, alderperson? If every leader had to question the answer, every corporate executive had to answer that question at the beginning of every meeting, And how are the children? Are they well? Wouldn't it be interesting to hear their answers? What would it be like? I wonder. So that's going to be the theme of today. Pastor David kind of mentioned thinking about what it means to be caretakers. Um, You saw in our intro video, there's a lot of things that NCO does. You're going to hear more about it. But I really, in this kind of first 15, 20 minutes, I really want to lean into that space of what it means to be um, alongside kind of flowing out of who we are, right, as, as Christ's people, to be caretakers of our young people. Two things. What does it mean to show up, and what does it mean to ensure that our young people feel seen? And here's why I want to, I'm going to encourage, I'm challenging you to kind of lean into that. Those things are, in my opinion, very active. We can think about our young people. We can pray for our young people, right? We can talk amongst each other about how great our young people are, Right? But here's my challenge to us. What does it mean to show up for our young people? And what does it mean to ensure that our young people feel seen? Okay. So with that, um, in a moment, I'm going to invite three really amazing and very important people. Uh, you, actually, you all can start making your way up. You know who you are. Um, so to start our time off, I've invited Jess, Morgan, and Tiffany to kind of just share a little bit 
about their experience with the KEY program. So as you heard, the KEY program is one of our main youth restorative justice programs. Jess and Morgan have been um, volunteering as mentors, and Tiffany is going to be moderating this conversation. The reason why I asked Tiffany is Tiffany's um, been providing a lot of different supports for our mentors and our student interns, providing like professional learning opportunities. What does it mean to be a mentor? And the reason why I'm going to share this really briefly is because later on you're going to have a chance if you want to sign up to get more information or and eventually serve as mentors. Being a mentor is a year-long commitment, a school year commitment, where you are saying, I'm going to commit to developing a relationship with one, two, or three students, three of our, of our key students. It means there's no other agenda. It's about how do I build a relationship how do I be in this young person's life, period? Now, those conversations may lead to things like um, supporting them with college applications. Cool. That, it may be like figuring out how do, you, how do I get a job? How do I use my time? It may turn into really figuring out how do I process this relationship with my parents? How, does it, how do I connect to resources, mental health resources? It may lead to that, but at the core of it is how do I be another presence in this young person's life? So if you're hearing that and you're like, oh, that feels really important, and that feels like something that's maybe I'm being pulled into, I'm going to invite you to hear a little bit more about their experience, and then um, you'll get a chance later on to sign up. Before we dive into what it's like to mentor a teenager, can you introduce yourself and tell us what were you like as a teenager? Um, hi, everyone. My name is Morgan McClelland, and I, let's see, I live in Woodlawn, so I'm not too far from this area, but I grew up right around the corner. When I was a teenager living right around the corner, I would say I was very kind of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, very excited about life, very friendly, and um, pretty ambitious, and I think, I think I'm, I haven't really changed very much. My name is Jessica, and I go. That's a good. I grew up in Indiana. I live in Bridgeport now. I was a idealistic. Maybe we would have gotten along. I was like uh, in, super involved, very studious, kind of overachiever type. Awesome. So, out of all the ways that you could have gotten involved in NCO, why did you choose to become a mentor? I well, first of all, I remember moving to Chicago a couple of years ago and wanting to get involved in the community, and also was just really desiring to see and get find a church that was being the church in in practical ways. And so, when I first came here, I think it like maybe Sonia was giving an update on NCO, and I just thought I want to do that somehow. So it was really inspiring. But then a couple months later, when I met with Sonia about mentoring, it, it seemed like just an amazing opportunity that youth were wanting someone. They were asking for this. They were wanting someone to check in on them once a week. And it was hard to believe it was that easy in a way, but it still felt like a risk. Like, I don't, I'm not a teenager. I don't know what I'm going to offer. So it was sort of just deciding to take that risk and be connected to the community in a way. When I was a teenager, I had a lot of, I had people that were outside of my family structure who volunteered their time to spend time with me and get to know me. And I 
those people, those few people are really, they, they made a, a profound impact on my life. And I remember thinking, even at that age, like, oh, when I grow up, like, I want to I want to be a friend to a teenager just for the sake of being a friend. And so when I learned about NCO, I was really impacted or just attached to the mission that, that, you, that NCO has. And I just, I love what the organization is about. And I was sitting in the seats just like you all uh, this around this time last year. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to sign up to be a mentor and just see what it's like. And it's been, um, it's, it's been really fun. I appreciate what you said about your own experiences with uh, adults outside of your family caring for you. Um, so I'm a therapist, and actually one of the things that buffers against trauma is when there's an adult outside of your family that takes interest in you and you have a safe relationship with. So that's actually something that really, really helps mitigate what trauma uh, causes for young people. So kudos to you guys. So you guys have been mentoring for almost a year. What has been a highlight of this year with your mentee? So my mentee, she's great. She's a senior in high school. And so I was doing the math yesterday and I was like, gosh, I think I'm, I'm twice her age. And we, even though we have this age gap, I, I, there are so many similarities between us that I, I um, was actually surprised to learn. I love getting to know her. And, and I think... One of the highlights about being a part of this program is that not only do I get to know her, we get together collectively once a month, and those Saturday sessions are really a highlight of my week sometimes because we talk the the kids they're not the teenagers it's weird calling them kids they're so introspective and they're so deep and when we go through the the circle time, everyone kind of gets to share and I'm always just blown away by um, the emotional intelligence that these teenagers have, the vocabulary that they have to describe their feelings and their thoughts. I'm always just impressed, and I, I, I walk away learning more. Um, so I, I love that part of the community. Another, and this, I'd say the high, the, yeah, lots of fun activities and, and kind of the one-on-one -on -one conversations are always a highlight, but what came to mind was the gift giving. So each mentor, I don't know, halfway through the year after we have a relationship a little bit, has an opportunity to give a gift that shows that something that we've noticed about them or just kind of like Sonia said, that they're seen and that uh, we've been listening. Just what are their interests? And so it, I picked out a couple gifts that that were pretty small, but my mentee has brought it up, I think, three times since then. And, and it just showed that it, it meant something to her. So you both mentioned that there's a lot of fun. Can you give us a picture of what that actually looks like? Like what happens in these Saturday sessions that are fun not only for the teenagers, but for you guys? We, on Saturday mornings, we... We get a chance to, um, well, we get to create, we do like an arts and craft activity almost every time we meet up. And one of, the, of our first activities was making a, it's like a talking piece, I guess. So you, I, I'm looking at something, am I saying it right? So we sit in a circle and whoever holds this piece gets a chance to talk and gets a chance to, to speak. And we all, all of us who aren't holding the piece have to listen. And um, it, it, at the start of each session, so a question is asked, like, how are you, like, feeling today? Like, how are you really feeling? And people answer pretty candidly how they're really feeling in that morning. I just, I don't know, I find that fun just to, 
it, it's beyond the like, oh, I'm good. How are you? It's, it's, it's deeper than that. And it gives us an opportunity to connect with one another. And that connection is, is fun. But we, we play games. We do a lot of physical games, like kind of like me. Like advanced musical chairs. I don't know what the name of this game is, but just like we're actually up and moving and running around, and and that's always fun too. I got to go to the Bulls game with the mentees. That was a highlight, and I think they went bowling this year. So there's other kind of event things too. I went off script for that, but (laughs) so there's a lot of dominant narratives that teenagers are hard to get along with. I don't know, just a lot of stuff out there, preconceptions about what it's like to have a relationship with a teenager. Uh, so from your experience, what should our church know about what, it, what young people are like? Yeah, the, the word that comes to mind is, is layers. Uh, there's just a lot of depth to these youth, to any person, and um, especially at... at the age, I guess, high schoolers are at, there's a lot of uh, questions and dreams. And so they're, they're gifted and they're dreamers. And so just, and that shouldn't surprise us. I mean, they're made in the image of God. So it's just seeing that expressed the, the longer the relationship goes on. So I would say that these teenagers, the youth, they're, they're really not different from us. And I think that like us, um, they, they just want to be seen, heard, validated, and, and loved. And then last question as we wrap up. So why would it be worth for someone who's sitting here to commit a whole year to mentoring? Yeah, a whole year sounds really daunting and long, but it's really not that bad at all. Um, and the requirement from us isn't it's it's like a small but i think has such a great impact and so if you're just looking for an opportunity to get to know someone in your community i mean these kids are literally in our community and we you you might run into them you know uh, as you go about your day it's just fun i think it's fun i don't think it's that big of a commitment um, but it but it is a commitment but it's, it's a fun one yeah, I, I wrote a list because I thought there were, like, so many reasons <laughs> why to get involved. It's fun, as we've already covered that one. Um, you learn new skills. Like, Tiffany came and did a mentor training, so you're equipped to be uh, in relationship in kind of deeper ways. You get to learn from Gen Z. Like, I don't have a lot of relationships with Gen Z outside of this. Um, then there are some mentor dinners, so I get to know the mentors who are great. And you get out of the house for people who work at home like me. And taking a risk, it's good for us, and it it's, was a rewarding risk. Thank you so much. I, I, I Thank you so much. A few things that mentioned, I just want to reiterate, this notion of community that extends kind of our whatever four walls we may be in is a huge part of what NCO is about, right? We're cultivating restorative spaces in our community. And the beauty of that, it's, it's, about, it's about relationships, it's about humanity and prioritizing it. Here's something I tell all of our key students, like it or not, I say, once you're in key, you're in the key family, which means you're with us. We're here. And part of, like, the running into one another, that's the beauty of, like, that's why we're Brownsville-specific. This is our this is our community. And if we're saying that, there needs to be some sort of response 
right? It cannot be passive. One of our, so in that spirit of, you know, once you're in key, you're kind of stuck with key in, in the best way possible. One of our alum who was asked to join us today, couldn't, he's out of town and was so, so bummed that he made a video and sent it to share about what he loves about key in particular, what it means to have people in his life and be part of the key family. Uh, one thing that I love about key is that they're always there for you. Um, I know personally, I wasn't even enrolled in key. I wasn't even in the city of Chicago and I still talk to Sonia pretty much all the time. Sonia didn't stay in contact with me. Sonia made sure that I had everything that I needed and she made sure that I was in the best mental state that I could possibly be in, in the situation that I was in. Also, I love that uh, Key um, redefines community. Another thing I kind of wanted to talk about was the adult mentors. Me personally, I had Mr. P, but it was not just Mr. P. And I'll explain what I mean by that. I know personally there's been times where I've been in a situation and maybe Mr. Pete not available to talk right now. I can reach out to the next person and they'll treat me amazingly, just the same as Mr. Pete treat me and they'll give me the same resources that I needed, i.e. being able to talk or, you know, having somebody listen to you or give you advice on something and that was with everybody. I could can genuinely say I could have reached out to anybody that was an adult mentor and they would have without a doubt, stopped what they was doing and tried to help me. Jojo is now a key. <laughs> he's been part of the key family for five years. And he's um, someone who is wanting to come back. What does it look like to be on staff at this point? And this is the stuff that we get to dream about as we respond to building this community. You all have been, if you've been at church, you've heard we have over 100 students in key this year, which means that our alum database is increasing. At the end of this year, we're going to be adding close to 40 seniors who are now transitioning into post-secondary life, and they're joining about 20 others. And so we get to care for our alum very creatively and grow alongside them, right, and get to reach out, connect, be available. What's important in that kind of knowledge is that we're being responsive to the needs of our com when we commit to our community. And so I'm going to invite up Maggie, who has been our garden manager for the last three seasons, going now into our fourth season. And I'm going to invite up Dana, who has been on our fun fair planning committee, one of our leaders for the past two years, just to talk a little bit about why volunteerism is so important. And I should say this, and I apologize. NCO, as we're growing, right? I mean, this is, that's, that's one of the hugest blessings, right? Since the pandemic, we have flourished, right? I was just writing a grant and I had to name like the number of impact and we're in like thousands of like when it comes to impact, if we have to quantify it. And I think that's a huge, huge blessing coming from like hundreds. And that's because opportunities continue to increase. We're also strategically like, we're not trying to be staff heavy. Instead, we're, we're an organization that's about volunteers so that we can be collective in this work. So there's opportunities to engage and it doesn't have to be a full-time, part-time, some sort of thing. So that's where you all come in. Good morning. In case you don't know, just up the street at Jackie Robinson Elementary, we have multiple garden beds. And I get to make sure that the garden grows. But that is really the main thing I do. And everything else is through volunteers. So this 
garden to table program would not happen without volunteers. Volunteers help plant, which we just did our first planting. We're going to have another one in a few weeks. Volunteers come every Saturday to help harvest all the vegetables that we're growing and also package up the vegetables that are donated by our partner, Danielle. Volunteers help give out the produce. And at the end of the season, they come and put the garden to bed. So it literally would not happen because it's a big garden and it needs lots of help. So it's been amazing. One of the best parts has been to see not just people from our church volunteering, but also a lot of people from the surrounding community who've heard about it through a variety of ways start coming and volunteering. And we've even had people who come to receive the produce every week saying, hey, can I volunteer too? And we have met, actually, we have someone who's helping out with the garden this year who came first as someone who got the produce. So it's been an amazing way to connect. And lastly, the school up there is really close to a senior housing, um, large senior housing building. And there are tons of people who live in that building who come every Saturday and are so, so, so grateful to receive what we're able to offer them. So it is really fun. It's a Saturday morning commitment. It's not a lot. And you don't have to know anything about gardening. And we would love to have you. Also, the, the produce is free. It's just, just, gives, just give it away. Just it's free, which is amazing. So I am um, part of the planning committee for the Back to School Fun Fair, one of three amazing women who are on the committee. It's been a lot of fun, um, a labor of love. Um, as Sonia said, the Back to School Fun Fair is on Saturday, August 5th from 11 to 2. Um, and I really have enjoyed just continuing to get to know this community better and more and just to see how deep the ties go with NCO, but also just the intentional ties we want to continue to foster that are already here within this greater Bronzeville community and area. So um, I really... Uh, I'm really encouraged by the Back to School Fun Fair because we bring together a lot of organizations from the community so that they can share their resources with our, with our neighbors, which is super important not only for the practicality of it, but for people of the community to see how resource-rich this area is and kind of defeating those silly stereotypes about the South Side um, that exists and also for just people to get to know each other and see the power that they have as a part of this community as our neighbors. So... Um, it's a it's a fun day. There are a lot of games and events and fun and food as well. Um, it's usually a hot day, so there's also water and some tents. Um, but we would love for you to volunteer some time um, to come and help serve and help support and also just help enjoy um, the neighbors here in our community. You know, every year one of our goals and our operational plan is thinking about like how how cool would it be is if Every person in the church has some sort of touch point with NCO, right? And and not and I and I say that because of the mutual impact, right? You heard about why we need volunteers, right? The organization is effective, right? And and it's able to grow and flourish because of our volunteers. But the mutual benefit, and I think um, Jess and Morgan would agree with me on this as a mentor too, like. It almost feels wrong about how much you are filled when you get to be with young people, when you get to be in the garden, when you get to just build relationships. And so what I wanted to end with today um, during our time in, in learning and leaning more into the work of NCO is I, I strongly believe um, that we were not called 
to start an organization committed to restorative practice by chance. The community asked, the community said, hey, we need a youth restorative justice program. You know, Pastor David, can you, you know, what can you all do and what's, what, what can happen, right? I don't think that was just a random ask. I really believe that God very intentionally called us into that work. Because if you heard the, the history and the story, um, the, to me, the thing that continues in that, that line, right, about the calling to serve our youth is about relationship. When you think about restorative justice, if you're not as familiar with it, often you're going to think, oh, it's about repairing harm. Oh, it's often used in our criminal justice system. Sure, yes. And if you study restorative practice, you know that it's a set of practice and a philosophy where at the core of it all is the humanization of one another. So that when you and I see each other in any context, you are another person to me. Your story is beautiful and valid and necessary in the world that I get to coexist with you in. You are not an other. And to me, that is the core of who we are as Christians and Christ followers. So for New Community Covenant Church to be asked to lean into this work of restorative practice is not coincidental. When we believe that and when we know that for ourselves, I would hope that we would flow out of that the love, and the relationships that come forth with it. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor David. All right. Uh, if, you, if you volunteer with NCO in any way, stand up, please. And uh, we're just going to say a prayer of blessing and thanksgiving over these folks. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for what Sonia just said, that you have called and empowered our congregation to be your hands and feet alongside of our neighbors in this very particular way. It's a privilege. It's a gift. We don't take it for granted. All of the answered prayers that NCO represents, all of the answered promises that NCO represents, all of the moments and questions and wonderings over the years of how it is that you would lead us to join you for the good of our community. We don't take it for granted. And we ask for more, Lord, for more volunteers, for more opportunities to serve, for deeper collaborations and friendships, for more ways to creatively and holistically demonstrate the love of our God through Jesus for our neighbors, in whose name we pray. Amen.